Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Alliant Health Solutions, Making Healthcare Better podcast. My name is Rakia Campbell, and I'm your host today. And joining me is Mary Albin. She is the Executive Director of the ESRD Network 14 and Alliant Health Solutions. So thank you for joining me, Mary. Thanks for having me, Rakia. I appreciate you being here. So for our audience, you work for, you're, like I said, you're the Executive Director of ESRD Network 14. Can you share with our audience a little bit about what that means and what you do in your day-to-day? Sure. Um, the network actually oversees the end-stage renal disease um, patients, um, and each network is assigned a territory. And Network 14 is for the state of Texas. We are one of the largest networks in the nation, and we also have Puerto Rico, Guam, and those areas as well. But Texas has the largest patient population of all the networks, and the second largest with the number of dialysis facilities. And that total is over 54,000 end-stage renal disease patients that receive dialysis alone in Texas. And we have over 760 facilities here. We oversee quality improvement activities, patient access to care issues, things like that. So we're a contractor with CMS to provide those services. Awesome, awesome. So I know recently we actually announced as a company that you were appointed to the Texas Chronic Kidney Disease Task Force. So can you share a little bit about that and what that task force is about? Sure, Um, actually in January, 2020, um, myself and my quality improvement director, Danny Anchia, were appointed by the governor of Texas to serve on the Chronic Kidney Disease Task Force. And that task force has been charged with um, really to provide insight to the governor and to the state for education, for um, preventative care measures, early detection for CKD, to really help the state reduce the overall cost and burden. That they have the impact for. Like I said, we are the largest as far as end-stage renal disease. So um, we worked all year um, on a proposal to the governor that is now going to legislation on a proposal of how we can help better get the word out to the community about kidney disease Mm -hmm. and how we can implement um, tools and resources and a resource, an online resource center, um, getting availability for testing, for CKD and just a wealth of things. It hasn't been released yet, so I can't give you all the details until that's approved. But <laughs> it's going to be some really great things that come out of that. Well, that's awesome. And congratulations to both you and Danny for that, um, that appointment, because that's huge um, that, you know, you're working for an organization that's making an impact on facilities and patients in the area, but even on a grander scale statewide, um, that's, that's major. So congratulations on that. Thank you. So for those that don't know, what is, from your pers- not even from your perspective, but because you work in a day-to-day, what, how do you define end-stage renal disease and chronic kidney disease? Well, um, end-stage renal disease is really the final stage of kidney disease where the person ends up having to receive life-saving treatment, such as dialysis or a kidney transplant. CKD, there are five stages of the disease. They progress from one to five and ESRD being five. So you go through a progression as the kidneys begin to fail. And once you hit that stage five, basically the kidneys have stopped working entirely. Mm. So you need to have some type of modality and treatment. Mm. 
And I, I understand that the chronic kidney disease stats are staggering. So can you share some of that information, some of those stats with our listeners? Absolutely. Um, just, I think it was last year, the um, National Kidney Foundation came out with um, promotional information and really their drive. And it's called, are you the, are you, are you one of the 33%? Mm-hmm. So really ultimately 33% of individuals have some form of kidney disease. Mm-hmm. And the numbers are staggering throughout our nation. We have over 500,000 individuals that are receiving life-saving dialysis treatment. Wow, That's huge. Mm-hmm. And like I said, in the state of Texas, huge staggering numbers there as well. So it, it, it is, it's really important that we get the word out and help mm-hmm. educate people about kidney disease and make it really prevalent. We see all these informational commercials, things like that. How often do you hear them talk about kidney disease or dialysis? That's There's true. a new TV show about mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. but <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's really a scary number. It's a very scary number. So with those stats, does that also include people that just aren't even aware that they have it? It is. And that, that's yeah. the scary part of it. Um, so many patients don't even know by the time they have, they're being told by their dialysis doc or their, their nephrologist, I should say, mm-hmm. that you need to start dialysis. Wow. They didn't even know. And most of them don't get tested. And, you know, if we would really start promoting that individuals that are at high risk for kidney disease, such as the t- two top reasons mm-hmm. to have kidney disease are hypertension and diabetes. Mm. Those patients should be followed by their physician and have an annual test. Mm-hmm. It's a simple test mm-hmm. to check their kidneys. It requires a simple blood test and a urinalysis. Mm-hmm. And that's part of our promotion that we want physicians to start testing patients and patients to start asking, Mm -hmm. am I at risk for kidney disease? I have hypertension. I have a family member that's on dialysis. Mm -hmm. Ask your doctor, seek that treatment. And several organizations like NKF and the Texas Kidney Foundation now have programs where you can actually sign up and receive that test for free. Oh, that's great. So we really want to get the word out about that to get people to know if you catch it early, there may be a chance that you can help slow the progression or stop the progression. That's important. And I I really like that you emphasize, you know, even if your doctor doesn't offer, ask for it, you can ask for, you know, to be tested, you know, empower yourself about your own health is really important because like you said, if you stop it, you can, it's treatable early, you know, if you catch it early. So that's great. So I've been tested. I found out that I'm dealing with a chronic kidney disease and I have to go on dialysis. Um, Can you share what is it like being a dialysis patient? Absolutely. Um, And I didn't mention earlier, but I did come from that realm. Mm -hmm. Um, I came from a large dialysis organization prior to joining Alliant um, back in 2017. And I was able to see the day in the life of a patient as a group facility administrator and spend time with these patients and speak to them. And a day in the life of a dialysis patient is quite intense. They have to receive treatment on average four hours a day, three times a week. 
So that's what their day revolves around. And that four hours can actually be stretched out to five, six, seven hours, depending on how far you live from the dialysis facility, the transportation, waiting for transportation, waiting in the lobby like they used to before. Of course, things have changed now a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, getting prepped, getting put on the machine, and then the dialysis treatment itself is the four hours. So there's a lot that goes into it prior to the treatment and then post-treatment as well. After the dialysis treatment ends, the patient's needles have to be removed. They have to hold their sights. So a day can be very long. Mm. And having that impact your day really can impact your quality of life. Mm-hmm. So many patients when they're told they have to start dialysis, decide they can no longer work. Mm-hmm. There are some that do, and especially if they choose to do a home modality or transplant, mm-hmm. um, but in-center is very difficult because the facilities are open from 4.30 in the morning till 8.30 at night. So your time could be 4.30, it could be 11.30, it could be 2.30. Mm-hmm. So it cuts into the day. So most employers are not flexible around three days a week, you needing to go. And when they're done with treatment, sometimes they just don't feel very energetic. It, mm-hmm. it drains them. Um, they want to rest. So they have a recuperation day the next day, and then they're back on treatment again. Wow. Treatment is almost like a job in itself, not just because yes. of the time, but because of the energy you exude just from um, undergoing treatment. Wow. So, But if they go home, mm-hmm. It's a different Mm -hmm. story. They can do their dialysis at night. They can do it at any time they want. Mm -hmm. And it's actually, you know, a benefit to them because they do it more often. They're not Mm -hmm. as tired Mm -hmm. and they can actually work around their schedule to doing treatment. So if that is a modality that works for an individual, Mm -hmm. that could be an avenue for them to continue to work. So are they usually offered, are dialysis patients usually offered that option or is that something they kind of need to inquire about on their own? A little bit of both. Um, I will say so many patients that um, have been followed by a nephrologist through the CKD process, they tend to get that education early and given that choice if they would like to do that, if that physician offers that type of modality. Mm-hmm. Or they could refer them out to another physician that does do a home modality, such as PD or HHD. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, the majority of the patients crash into dialysis. That's what we call it. Mm-hmm. We don't like to use that term so much, but it's true. They end up finding out because they end up being hospitalized for something. And the doctor says, you're in kidney failure. You need to do dialysis you're discharged from the hospital and you're sent right to a dialysis clinic because they haven't had the opportunity to educate that patient in advance. Mm-hmm. Now they do get the education when they arrive at the dialysis facility, but at that point, most of the patients are scared that they're, they're not feeling well and they're not listening at that time. And so they get used to using the in-center modality. So it's different. It's difficult to change their mind later. Right, right. Because they're already in that routine. Yeah, yeah. But we work on that daily, getting education out there, doing webinars for patients, having testimonials from other patients. That's good. Okay. So what can people actually do about possible prevention and early detection? You know, you know, you gave the stats that were, that were pretty jarring um, about how many people actually are undergoing some kind of 
stage of kidney failure and don't even know it. So um, what, what are ways to kind of early detect that and possible prevent it, possibly prevent it? Manage your, managing your diabetes and hypertension, number one. Mm -hmm. There are other reasons that people have kidney failure. There's genetic issues, there's you know injuries, things like that, mm -hmm. prolonged surgeries. And now COVID-19 has also caused acute kidney injuries. Wow. Some patients have sustained that and may end up continuing on dialysis. Mm. But really managing your hypertension, your diabetes, managing your diet and exercise. Mm -hmm. You know, the best way to combat, you know, diabetes and hypertension is really watching what you eat and exercising, mm -hmm. eliminating those bad things. Mm -hmm. And that we all love. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, we all. And I, yeah. I, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I do too. But, um, yeah, it, that, it, that's a key really, you know, fast food and you know, the lifestyles that we've learned to live, the sodas, mm -hmm. the, you know, sodium, high sodium content, things like that really are, are, are not good for it. Yeah, we can have them in moderation, mm -hmm. really managing your diet, getting out and doing some active things. You know, we've all been locked down for a year now. Yes. That we were locked down from, you know, being in offices, which I'm finally back in now, <laughs> but we weren't locked down from going for a walk. Mm -hmm. Could go for a walk, simply going for a walk. Mm -hmm. I have an 86 year old mother. She walks three miles every day with her dogs. So there are ways to lifestyle changes that you can actually make to just even just prevent that. And not only that, just other chronic illnesses as well, other chronic, chronic diseases as well by managing your diet and, and exercising. So, um, so what are some resources for those that, um, that are interested in learning more about chronic kidney disease? Um, what are some resources or websites that they can go to to get more information or even find out more about ESRD Network 14? We have our website, the ESRD Network of Texas. Mm -hmm. um, we welcome you there. We have a patient portal there um, mm -hmm. that you can access right from our website. And it has a wealth of credible information that you can learn about end-stage renal disease and prevention and modalities. Mm -hmm. um, some other really credible resources are visit the state website for CKD. That's up and going here in Texas. Um, the National Kidney Foundation, the local kidney foundations, you know, in Texas, we have the Texas Kidney Foundation, the National Kidney Foundation, the Southwest Kidney Foundation, but every state has their own kidney foundations and local um, representatives there. And they also usually have annual events they have webinars. Um, there, there are several, but we have them all posted on our website. So it's easy to access those mm -hmm. and all the networks do. So if you're watching from a, another area, your network has those resources. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hopefully this will help, you know, get the word out. And again, thank you for the work that you do for Alliant and then also obviously for the network and for, you know, serving on that task force as well you're impacting a lot of lives. Thank you for joining us for the latest episode of Align Health Solutions Making Healthcare Better podcast.